Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast hosted by Corey and Shauna Burris. They are a former pastor, a college teacher, and Pacific Northwest coffee lovers. Mostly, they are Jesus followers who find themselves in lots of interesting conversations with non-Christians, former Christians, wondering Christians, and young adults from all kinds of backgrounds. And we want to invite you into those conversations. The Bread and Cup podcast is a place for real talk about the Bible, life, and what it takes to move beyond the easy answers. So let's grab a cup and join the conversation. Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Shauna. Uh, hi. Good to see you. Ish. Ish. Since there's no seeing. It's, not only we is it an audio podcast. No, we're not starting it over. <laughs> not only is it an audio podcast, um, they can't see us and okay. we can't see them. Which is probably so. good because... Um, which which does play into what we're going to talk about today, which is uh, <laughs> some awkward thing, the awkwardness of our lives as adults and being out of sync with things going on totally. and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, so we're just we going to own right here that this is going to be yeah. slightly out of sync. And so we've yeah. already talked, but now I'm going to tell them what we're eating today. That's fine. All right. So today... Uh, we are having heart toast and our standard coffee. This one happens to be a Starbucks blend. It's not my favorite. It's okay, though. You know, I mean, have a, we have good hearts about the coffee that we have. We do. I am grateful for the caffeine in and the we're morning. We're snobs about coffee. So. A little bit. But that's okay. But we're not snobs about heart toast. And actually, there's this really sweet story behind what that is. It is not that complicated. It is, in fact, what it sounds like. It is a piece of toast that you use a cookie cutter to cut a heart out of. Or if you don't have a cookie cutter heart. Meaning you don't know where ours is. I've looked for it. It was nowhere to be found. <laughs> I looked. It wasn't there. So I use a butter knife and I just cut the sort of shape of a heart. Yep. This morning's got a little lopsided. but Tastes the same. We do it. Um, we, I've done this and every morning. Put red jam on put it. Put red jam. Usually on it. strawberry, but on Valentine's Day it is like we're recording this on Valentine's Day, so yep. like that this makes sense. There's some. I don't do this every morning. No. Um, and this morning I did try to make um, heart pancakes, mm-hmm. but again, you know, typically when you would make heart pancakes, you would take uh, the batter and put it into like a squeeze bottle with yep. like a little nozzle. Well, we don't have anything like that. I no. looked. We, maybe we have one of those too, and I don't know about it. So. Um, I decided that I would just take the spoon and drizzle things into it, the shape of a heart yeah. to be the outline and then fill it in with the rest. Super impressive, by the way. Everyone actually looked like a heart. They Ish, just looked, no, no, no. They looked like artistic and slightly creative and some yeah. of them, you know, verged on sort of, you know, abstract, but Some they of were... them looked like real hearts though, like, <laughs> like cow hearts going no. on. But oh, hey now. With aortas pulling yeah it was bad okay so this heart toast thing started i i don't know how we ended up with cow aortas but um heart toast as a concept started my my mom used to do it for my siblings and i all growing up and when Corey and i were dating and we were at college so we lived in nearby dorms um, when we were dating i told him about this heart toast thing my mom did and i think i mentioned something along the lines of oh this is going to be the first year in my memory, where I won't get heart toast on Valentine's Day morning. And he liked me. So he remembered that and made toast in your dorm. Yep. And and then, like, walked it over. We met somewhere in the, you know, like, we were at Bible college or Christian college. So, like, the where boys and girls could meet the mail room or something. And he gave me heart toast. And so, I mean, that was 25 years ago, give or take. So he has, since that time, made me 
heart toast every morning on Valentine's Day morning. And then, of course, as our kids you know, got teeth and whatnot. They Except for this morning, I did pancakes because we were out of bread. Yeah. And I got heart toast because there was just enough pieces of bread yes. left that I could have heart toast. That's true. I appreciate that. And I love that story because I think, um, it. I mean, it maybe plays into this idea of like friendships and all of that. But you listen to what I said and, yeah. and you use that to do something that has now turned into this really sweet tradition in our family. Yeah. And um, so you're, if you're listening to this and you listen to us regularly, this is our first time back. Um, we've been, we took off a couple of months. We probably didn't announce that. I don't think we'd said anything about it. We said it on social that for Christmas, we, we just didn't have really any episodes over the Christmas season. Right. But it's stretched and now. We're in, yeah, into, now we're into as, the third week of February. Yeah. Second week, February 14th. We're not quite. Well, we're recording it, but they right. will get it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and we want to explain a little bit behind, like, kind of what's our mindset was behind all of that. We've had, we had a very busy holiday, despite the fact that we were trapped at home during COVID, all of this stuff going on, as, as yeah. is everybody. Um, but we also, you know, but you have family things, you have things going on, you mm-hmm. have things that are expected of you. Um, you know, our role in foster care, we also means that we, um, try to support other families in our community. But the big change for us was we had two kids come into our care on a more, which is the first time that that's happened, like on a permanent thing, kind of place, true placement long-term in our home. And so we had that, well, sort of, I know there's a lot of like, so in any case, we went on December 1st, we went from a family of five to a family of seven and it was just the normal chaos of the holidays. So we thought, Well, all of you are busy too. You, you're probably not listening to Bread and Cup podcasts anyway. You've got Christmas music and Buble and Harry Connick to listen to. And of course, Mariah Carey, right? You've better things to listen to than our podcast over Christmas. And so we want to take a little break. And that break is just really extended in part because the entire premise of Bread and Cup is that we are inviting you, the listeners, into conversations that Corey and I are having and not conversations he and I are having with each other, right. but the conversations that that we're having out in the world with, for me, it's sometimes my students or people we're mentoring or coworkers or just friends or community members. And the idea is that we take these conversations we're having separately with people outside of our family. And Corey and I come together and we bring our various perspectives to that conversation and we share it with you. Uh, we invite you to join what feels like a bigger conversation. Well, the reality is, is we're just not having those conversations. Right. Well, because as as most of you, right, we're, there's some amount of social distancing still happening. There's yep. um, there's the joys of the holidays, and we do have conversations. And just the winter, people yeah. aren't outside. And we live in an area where the counts went up, and our governor is very conservative, and so We've been back into almost total lockdown until just very recently. Um, so it's really limited. Um, yeah. Just r- limited the conversations and the um, questions that we get. And so... Well, and some of it is, I think, just that it's been almost a year now that we've been living like this. And what that means is there was still some conversations that were sort of residual. Um, people who, you know, 
we were used to seeing on a regular basis. So there was FaceTime and there was Google Hangouts and there was, you know, we would meet at a sunny park just because we wanted to see each other. So some of those conversations that were a natural part of our life a year and a half ago sort of continued through into the summer. And then once we hit the fall, it was like, at least for me, I started to realize that relationships that, um, that maybe were a little, um, Tenuous? Uh, yeah, tenuous isn't really the word because I don't, I don't mean that we were about to fall out of friendship. But um, I mean, we will talk a little later on about sort of the, the types of friendships, but friendships that were really maybe just proximity driven. We really enjoyed talking to each other when we're, we were in each other's space. After six or eight months of not being in each other's space, we just weren't talking. And it's right. not because we didn't like each other or even want to talk to each other. We just weren't in each other's space, out of sight, out of mind. And I think that finally caught up with us. And so um, that is a lot of words to say, basically, we believe strongly that bread and cup needs to be us inviting you into a bigger conversation, not you listening to Corey and Shauna pontificate, um, as amusing as that might be for like two episodes. Right. So, um, yeah. So, um, but, but this, that's, that actually brings it all into, you know, like community is something we've talked about on a regular basis and community is something that is hard to maintain, especially during this time and what's going on. Um, uh, but it also helped, has helped us kind of think through the idea of like, what is friendship and what, what, what is yeah. it like as a grown up, uh, as an adult, to maintain friendships, right? Because I, you know, when you're in school, when you're when you're in high school, when you're in, even when you're in college age, right? It's that proximity thing is always around. You're mm -hmm. always at things that are putting you in big groups of things, and so you can people similar to you, yeah, people you, in a similar life space. There's enough people in that grouping yep. that you will run into people like-minded or yep. in, in that, that you can appreciate and find value with or find not value, but, but like find commonalities between, yeah. right. It's a little harder when you're an adult, right. Sure. Um, it's a little easier when you're going to a physical church because there's enough people usually at a church that can do that. But even that's a little weird because you're just going in, sitting down, listening to a sermon oftentimes, and then leaving, you're not necessarily conversing with all the people. You're not being yeah. put into a public scenario um, where you have to be kind of out and I'm, I'm an introvert. So like I wouldn't, if, if it was me, we would go to church. We would walk in the front doors just before service started, sit down, listen, and then walk out. It'd be great. It'd be wonderful. Mm -hmm. So and you do that with our kids, all of our kids activities too, right. right? Like, um, this, this year, this isn't true simply again, because of the nature of online school. Um, but up until this year, I was pretty active on the high school theater parents committee because right. our daughter's part of the theater program at her high school. And so you better believe I showed up and I would bring cookies and I'd ask questions. And, and so that was a place for me to bump into other parents of high school theater nerds. And, you know, that's a special group of people. We need each other. Um, but you don't do that stuff when, when you are on, right. you know, say soccer duty. You don't become BFFs with the other soccer parents, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, as grownups, you typically 
it feels like sometimes that you don't get to have friendships as a grown up. Yeah. You know, like I, I you feel very isolated and and different things like that, especially if you don't go into a work office like neither yeah. neither you or I do and some of yeah. those things. And so um we don't have access to each other. We don't have access to like those common moments yeah. time type of thing. That's um, true. So that I mean that is I outlined um three different um types of friendships, actually four different types of friendships. So the first one is friendships based on access. These are just your school or work relationships. They, You're with them because you have to be. You are being right. paid or you are paying if you're a student to be present in that space. And so those friendships, um, they matter. I mean, there's lots of work relationships that that are important work relationships, but that's all they are. You might right. go out you know, for coffee or share a lunch or a beer here or there. But for the most part, those friendships stay in the box that they're in. And friendships based on access is great. And that's exactly what I think we're finding is that there were relationships that I I didn't realize they were access-based because right. you and I both work from home because um, of just the way we interact with our community. I didn't put those relationships in the like access box. And um, just, you know, COVID has shown me, oh, that friendship, I still value that person and I, I look forward to seeing them, but, oh, that's actually an access friendship. And then there's the friendships that sometimes develop out of those access friendships, which are the friendships that are based on, on shared experiences, those like in the trenches. Right. The extreme version of that is often military experience where... Well, that's an a initially that's access based. You are put on the same platoon. Is that the right word? Or sure. Group? Let's go with that. Okay. Platoon's good. Deep when apologies to our military friends. We really should know this by now, and we don't. Um, but as you have these experiences, we don't right? share the experience of military. We we do so. not share that experience, but we do live not that far from a base, so I feel like we should know that by now. But. We have college, I mean, we have quite a few of our college friendships are like this. They started based on access, right? Right. I mean, for you, several of the guys were high school friends that you all ended up at the same school and then you like added Phil to it. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of people that we we would not have befriended had we not been kind of thrust into a, you know, a yeah. floor together. And then all of a sudden you start experiencing life together yep. and then you have all these common stories, you know, like these are people that you have as Facebook friends that I could go back to even today and be like, do you remember when we did yeah. insert stupid thing that we did in college, right? <laughs> like, well, and we um, begin to so many of our significant things like, you know, our, um, some dear friends of ours, they, um, they had, they just had an important anniversary yesterday because it's Fe February 13th. And every time that comes up, you and I are tagged in it. Because right. we were there. And like, we we don't live anywhere near this couple, but they are still in in my heart and my mind, very significant people to us. If if one of right. them needed a kidney, it would it would take very little thought on my part to have us tested to give them a kidney. Right. Despite us having since those in the trenches. It's a weird moments, analogy, but yes. Well, we watched Be Positive last <laughs> night, so I think that's where that Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, has the weirdest introduction video or totally. intro. Kind of an amusing show. 
kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's not terrible. We're running out of things to watch because, you know, we don't have any friends anymore. Yeah. And all we do is sit at home. Because there's no proximity so. and no shared experience. There's no proximity. And and I think that's one of the strange things about um, sort of what's happened through the election and with COVID, the U.S. election and COVID, that there is a sense of like our whole world is living one big fat shared experience our community is living a shared experience and yet we're doing it in isolation. So the way that we're living that shared experience isn't the way that it was when we actually went through some stuff right together. Um but those are the people that like man when when you have those like in the trenches might are very um I will say my very good friend Faith but we their family is good friends with us. Man, we went through the trenches. Um, together. And I can't imagine a world where those people are not our friends right. and, and not significant. It, it could be 50 years from now and they will be important to us. So uh, do you want to talk about the next one? Well, you put it down here as dandelion friendships. And these are like... That's because dandelions are like the honey badger. They will grow True. anywhere. They have no to give. I yeah. just left that blank. Yeah. And sometimes listeners. those, you know, you barely, uh, you, you put down, you know, you barely remember how you first met. You feel yep. like you've always known each other. Um, I think this is, I think that those, those friendships can be born out of shared experiences sure. and out of the other thing, but like, they're those people that you stay connected to and have, it's like, I, I mean, I know how we met these people, but like yeah. our mentors from our yeah. marriage are, to me, are like this in the sense that like, you can't kill it even if you want to. We get together with them. These are people that were our our marriage mentors. You, you I know how we met them because you grew up with them. They were your, um, your leaders yeah. in your youth group. When I say I don't, you don't really, you barely remember how you first met. What I, what I don't mean that you don't remember the context where you got to know each other. It's that like, they sort of just materialized into your yeah. world. You don't remember the first time you talked to them. You don't even remember necessarily the first real interactions you had with each other. You just have this sense of like they showed up in your life and became important. And you have memories, but but I can't pinpoint when when Tammy and Jeff became Tammy and Jeff to me. Right. Like, I mean, they showed up at church and they started being my youth leaders when I was like in high school. I'm sure we probably had 50 interactions before I was actually aware of them as humans. Right. And that's kind of what I mean. Is, yeah, yeah. And so they, but they, but and they, they're like weeds though. Like they're <laughs> always there and they're, and you, you forget about them yeah. or you, maybe some things happen. Like for us, it's separation by distance and we don't see them that often. But when we get together with them, it's a common, we just remember everything. It's like, yep. be, we've been like, nothing has changed at all. Yeah. And I think there's something kind of awesome about that yeah. type of friendship. I so. put, you can starve and neglect these friendships, but we'll pick right back up wherever, whenever you have the chance to connect. So sort of what by starve and neglect, I mean, I don't remember the last time we had a phone conversation with Tammy and Jeff. You yeah. know, like we just, these are not friendships that we do consistent investment in, but it's a little, you know, but they're yeah. just there. And then there's the the last type, which love is- love at first sight. And I can yeah. think of a, 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 a couple of friends of ours and it's the um, Alex and um, 
Kelly. Kelly. And yeah. we met them at an event that we were kind of all serving together on. Yeah. Or no, we weren't serving together. They just kind of were attending and they came up and they started talking to us. And we were like, you're awesome. You yeah. know, you, you don't think we're stupid. So let's hang out kind yeah. of a thing. And ever since then, we've been good friends with them. We stay connected. Yeah. And then we then that relationship just like, it was just we clicked and there was yeah. just something about it that we went deep fast. And I think that's what yeah. those love at first sight friendships are like is you have no awareness of each other. You meet and, and almost what feels like almost instantly within just maybe a matter of months, they are somebody that really matters to you. And you're, you're able and willing to be extremely vulnerable and authentic. And you can really trust, you know, like if you need people to show up for something, you call those people because you know yeah. that, that they care about you enough that they'll just show up. So um, we've had that happen a, a couple times in our life. And I think as adults, um, if we maybe are just, I don't know, maybe we're not that, we're in our 40s. So we could live long enough to have what feels like love at first sight friends now become those in the trenches or dandelion friendships 50 years from now. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But they feel more and I more. I love that you think we're going to be around another fifty years <laughs> into our nineties. I absolutely will be here another <laughs> fifty. I'm glad years. I didn't make the cut. <laughs> I'm just not speaking for you. You could decide to give up, but it is my goal wow. to make it to hundred. <laughs> like I, I, that is a goal. It okay. is a, it is a bucket It'll list item. Hundred. Right. I want to live to a hundred. Okay. And be sassy the whole time and wear heels. I guess, yeah. But I guess, <laughs> like in, in terms, I know we're talking about this in terms of like. Uh, adults and having the right friendships. I think that um, as we speak to people that are maybe a little bit younger than us, because yes, we're in our forties, early, early, early forties. Still, by the skin um, of our teeth, we are. We're there. Yeah. Um, um, but as we talk to younger people, I think that what people view as friendships sometimes they meld outside of the acquaintances, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that this kind of brings into the question of like, what is and how important is friendship? Yeah. Both, both in our personal lives, but also like if we're talking from a biblical perspective from our yeah. spiritual lives, like how important are these things and how yeah. far can you go and what do you need to do to maintain that? Yeah. And I think that, um, I th this is a discussion I actually have quite frequently with people that are in their twenties and thirties because how people are connecting now is very much online. Yeah. And I don't want to sound like the old fuddy dud, like, we don't, we don't like the online thing, but, but there is an authenticity that mm -hmm. is lost mm -hmm. when, and, and it's, it's hard right now because that's the only way in many ways we can interact with yeah. people is, is friendships that are maintained in an online space yeah. and not, I'm not saying you have to sit down with that person every single day or talk to them every single day, but, but how do you cultivate and make, and what are the values that, that create a good friendship that, and how that, how that can start and begin in an mm -hmm. online experience, but it needs to go outside of that. Yeah. And like, what, what does that mean? And what does that look like? And I think just looking at your own relationships, 
I saw a thing on Reddit the other day, speaking of bad, you know, and they were talking online about bad online things. It was, it showed this like equation. It was like my relationship, my friendships in 2017, it was like 20 people. Yeah. My relationships in 2018, it was like 10 people. And then yeah. it slowly whittled in my relationships in 2021. And it was like a Reddit sign. Yeah. And I think that, that might be true for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's why that I think that there's a lot of depression right now. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of, um, self-doubt yeah. um, that we struggle with. And yeah. I think the reason we struggle with that self-doubt is that we become this thing where we put a facade on, we put this image out of yep. who we are and we start questioning, am I actually the image that I'm portraying to these people? Yep. Do they not see the real me? Yep. And when we are, when you have true friends, when you have true relationship with people, yeah that facade can't even exist because they know you, who you are. They yeah. know all of, all of these four different types of people, depending on how those relationships were built, they see through that. Yeah. They know who the true you is and they're going to call you out when you're not being yourself. Okay. So you just hit on, like, I'm, I think you saw my, I'm like nerding out in my, in my brain while you're talking. So I'm going to try to bring this forward a little bit. So you're, you're hitting on three things that I just, love. The last point is they're going to call you out on your ish. That's what discipleship is. And I think that's the marker between acquaintanceship, which we need. Acquaintanceship is important. That's part of being connected to your community. And then friendship. Friendship is that back and forth, the ability to be vulnerable with each other and the, the ability to trust and share that reciprocity, right? That's friendship. It goes both directions, um, in equal measure. And then there's discipleship. And discipleship, we use that in the Christian term to mean how people help each other get closer to Christ, right? Uh, and, and so there's a couple things that happen in there. One, we desperately need discipleship. It is what is missing in our churches. And you and I have talked at nauseum about that. And dear listeners, we will continue to talk about it um, because it is, it is the marker difference. And what you're talking about, Corey, with depression, anxiety, and eye contact. So that goes back to um, some of the, the cognition principles of people, the way that our brains learn and change. That's what cognition is, how brains learn and change. Part of what happens there is we have to take the information coming at us and we have to be comfortable with how it fits who we know ourselves to be. So somebody who thinks... I am not good at math is actually going to have a harder time learning math by the mm. simple fact that their identity, it, their self-identity is somehow connected to I am not good at math. Now, that doesn't mean that math, some people are just, their wiring does make it come easier to them. Right. But the fact that they're aware of that makes it come even easier to them. Like mm. challenges for the people who are like, I'm good at math, those challenges are just seen as, oh, this is just an opportunity to learn something else about something I'm good at, where that identity piece for someone else, um, I am not good at math, means every time they have a challenge, it reinforces that identity. Right. Why that matters to this conversation is because this fear, this anxiety, this disconnect some of that how you view yourself, it's not built 
in solitude. And that's exactly what you were talking about. Um, Carl Jung talked about how there's the real self and then the actual self. And he's a philosopher and a, a psychologist. And so there's the real self. It's like who we are at our core. You and I would say who who we are when we are the image of God, like mm, the most basic yeah. version of us, right? Or the most true version of us. And then there's our actual selves. And that's like who who we are to succeed in the in the community we're in. And those two circles never perfectly overlap and they're right. not intended to. But the further apart they are, right. the worse off we are as humans, which is exactly what you said. Yeah. The way that those two things come together, and that's why I've blathered on this long, this how do great. they come together? The real self and the actual self come together when you can make eye contact and have interaction with somebody who is part of your people. So like in the scope of learning math, if a child is, I'm not good at math and they like and trust their math teacher and they're, and they feel like their math teacher is one of their people and that math teacher gets down and makes eye contact with that student and they look at them and they say, kiddo, you know that, you know, you know that I love having you in this classroom. And they're like, yep, I feel, I feel safe and connected. I, my, my, um, real self feels seen and that math teacher says I'm going to tell you you're not bad at math there's just a few things you don't yet understand but I actually think you're good at math and that student in that eye contact and because they're calm and they can hear those words from this person this math teacher that they believe is part of their community they actually can begin to change their self-identity yeah and then now they have the potential for the next time they come up with a problem, they might, their gut reaction might be, I'm bad at this. This proves I am. But then they make eye contact with the math teacher and they give them a little thumbs up. And then the student's like, oh no, they said I'm good at math. There's just a few things I don't understand yet. And they're going to help me understand them. Suddenly the student is on their path to being a successful math student. Hmm. Whether or not they want to be a mathematician or an actuary, it doesn't matter. It's They've changed that identity because of eye contact and connection with somebody that they view as part of their. And that's, that's a, it's an important part of cognition, and it's one of the things that um, we really are seeing as a detriment when um, students are learning online. Oh, yeah, that I'm sure. Yeah. There's plenty of things you can do in the online environment to make it engaging and to make it interesting, but you cannot do that. Yeah. And parents are ill-equipped to know how to do that at home. And oftentimes it feels combative when you're having to teach your online student. And so then, then that weight of parent making eye contact and being like, hey, I'm your person, you're my person. Let me tell you about who you really are. Um, we lose that. And so, well, and I think that what we can learn from that is not just how, what to look for in friendships and what to seek out in strong friendships, because I think that, um, I do think it's important that you have people that do exactly what you're saying. Like, yeah. I think the eye contact, we, we undervalue it oftentimes because we're like, well, we've made connection here and there, mm -hmm. but the eye contact thing is a big deal. And a yeah. lot of, I mean, I've had much better um, conversations and much more deep conversations sitting across a table from somebody mm -hmm. than I've ever had, um, in a chat or in a discussion mm -hmm. and, and, or an email or in a, 
even a Zoom meeting. Yeah, I was going to say even a Zoom meeting where you can have quote unquote eye contact. Mm -hmm. And I think that, but so like from from that standpoint of like, do seek out relationships, seek out friendships where you can cultivate that type of Mm -hmm. interaction. But beyond that, like, how do you be a better friend? Yeah. And that's a big question. Like, I know we, we started this talking about like, as you know, how is, how do you have friendships as an adult? I would ask, I would challenge people to, how do you be a better friend? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and maybe being a better friend is just, is just saying, you know what, the people that I value friendship with, I'm going to make those things a priority, yeah. seeing them having interactions with them, yeah. talking to them face-to-face. I mean, I have a thing Telling I Telling them the truth about who they are. Yeah. Right? We need to be reminded of that, especially when people are losing jobs or having, yeah. you know, raises or life struggles. They need to know that that successful, awesome person they thought they were two years ago is still truly that. Yeah. They are that person, regardless of what all of this gestures broadly at the dumpster fire yeah. um, has, has shown. And no matter how we you came to to, together early on, I mean, like, I, I think, again, of another good friend of ours, a uh, couple friend of ours, and he was my boss for a while. Yeah, and, that's true. And I don't oh, ever think like the of best boss. He was a great boss. He was amazing, He's right? And I've had boss. really good bosses in my history yeah. and a couple of bad ones. But um, but he was a great boss, and he um, he... I don't think of him as a boss anymore. Like, I think of him as a really good friend yeah. because... We get together, he and I and another guy that I'm good friends with, we get together every month. I, we'll try to get about around every month, even during like quarantine and all we of We all stuff, have decks, priori- so it's been handed. Yeah, we yeah. prioritize that as, as a time. And we have just amazing conversations. They're not always deep. Sometimes they're about football and sometimes they'll start off about football or about some sporting event and then they'll turn into a discussion on character, right? Yeah. And about like, well, what does that say about us that we feel this way about mm-hmm. this stupid sporting event, you know? Yeah. And so all of a sudden you have these like moments of introspection, but I know that he's an advocate for me. He knows yeah. I'm an advocate for him. And I think that's another thing is that element yeah. of trust of like, he's not going to let me blow you know he's not going to let it bolt like not be talked about right, right. Like he's not going to let it just sit there yep you know and we've we've had moments where we'll call out somebody and say hey why are you doing this why would yeah. are you af- afraid to make that step in your career yeah. or i mean i know i've had a lot of jo- i've had job changes where those guys had huge impact on the choices mm-hmm. that i made um and some of it was just being like why do you feel that way and yeah. just challenging and i think you have to have that in terms of friendships and you have to be that as a friend. Yep. So. Yeah. Well, that started lighthearted. Sorry. Don't. Why deep. are you apologizing? That's amazing. I think I think it should be deep, and these things um, matter deeply. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. Uh, we are um, we are on social media, so if you want to send us a message or give us our give you oh, oh sorry, if you want to give us some feedback about this episode, including how Shauna trips over her words. You can find us at Bread and Cup Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, you can always find us on our website, breadandcuppodcast.com. To join the conversation, like and subscribe, then find us on Instagram at Bread and Cup Podcast. You can also find us at our website and other social platforms linked in the show notes.